Hi friends, it's Reverend Megan here at the Nahant Village Church. I apologize for the delay in getting this podcast uploaded from May 5th, 2019. We had some technical difficulties with recording, and so today you'll hear me um, preaching aloud this homily on this Communion Sunday uh, in my quiet of my empty office rather than in the uh, the vastness of the sanctuary. So bear with me, and uh, we look forward to having better recording Uh, quality and accuracy in the weeks to come. Hear now this scripture from Psalm 30. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me out from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord, you God's faithful people. Praise God's holy name. For God's anger lasts only a moment, but God's favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. That my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. This morning, I want to take you back in your memory to when you were between the ages of 12 and 13 or 14. For most of those hearing this podcast this morning, those were middle school years in which puberty was raging and social cliques were forming. Those are years that pop culture and media and literature mark as some of the most awkward years of human experience. Not only are we physically tripping over our feet and our lanky arms and legs, we are also tripping over our hormones, not sure of how to be ourselves and how to be with other people. It's a time in which people constantly second-guess their own thoughts, their own worthiness, a time of experimenting with identity, It's a time in which we are extra sensitive to the world around us. Now, maybe some of you had fabulous middle school experiences, but as a former middle school substitute teacher and a former middle schooler myself, I can bet that many of us were just terribly awkward and trying our hardest, but really not sure how to fit in. And friends, the most painful scene in the middle school environment is probably the lunchtime scenario. And I'm sure we can all picture this. And for some of us, this is this acute pain in our past lives. This time in which you hold your middle school lunch tray and you look around the room scanning for a place where you are welcome to sit. Sometimes that scanning takes an excruciatingly long amount of time. And as you stand there with the tray in hand, people avert eye contact rather than welcoming you with a smile. And now I bring up this scene this morning because I want you to feel that and picture that and realize that as a communion table, 
such as the one that we have set in the front of church on the first Sunday of every month at the communion table, we encounter the exact opposite of that middle school lunchroom scenario. The exact and complete opposite of that moment of dread in which we doubt our worthiness and belonging, in which we think there can't possibly be space at the table for us. Because here's the thing. At Christ's table, at the communion table, not only is there space for us, a space was specially made for us, reserved for us, blessed for us. Christ's table, the communion table, the table of the Holy Sacrament, the Eucharist table, it's a table that is the opposite of a middle school lunchroom table. This is a table that has been prepared just for you. It's a table that not only serves the material things of life, bread and juice, it's a table that serves all the existential stuff that we long for. Grace, forgiveness, love, justice, purpose, belonging. This is a table where you sit down and settle into your chair and you look around and see the faces of familiar people and friendly strangers. You see the faces of your ancestors smiling upon you. You see that there is space stretched out in this long table for all the generations to come. This is a table that is the opposite of the middle school lunchroom. This is a table where the cool kids and the outcasts mix together harmoniously. And you see that the host who is busy setting out all the things for you is Christ himself. And when he locks eyes with you, he beckons you to sit down, relax, and soak in the presence of the Spirit. So friends, that is what we do in church on Sunday mornings. We are here in church to welcome one another and to worship God by saying yes to the invitation to sit at God's own table and soak in God's love and call on our lives. This is a table that does the work of nourishing us so that we can go out into the world and be the people that God calls us to be. Two weeks ago, one of the greatest theologians and writers on the topic of faith of our time, Rachel Held Evans, died at the age of 37. Rachel was a leader for so many pastors and people navigating the waters of a progressive and inclusive faith. So at the communion table, we dine with her and all the great theologians who have helped us to think about our faith in compelling ways. Here are Rachel's words about the communion table. She says, This is what God's kingdom is like. A bunch of outcasts and oddballs gathered at a table, not because they are rich or worthy or good, but because they are hungry and because they said yes. And there's always room for more. This is the kind of expansive table that we dine at here at Nahant Village Church. So friends, as we are in a time of Easter and resurrection, and as we soaked in the words of the psalmist this morning, who talks about the resurrection of joy after sorrow, of dancing after weeping, I invite you to notice two things that are striking about the sacrament of communion as it relates to resurrection. So the first thing is this, the communion sacrament is literally this refueling that leads to resurrected energy. 
because our bodies need sustenance. They need whole food and liquid. And in communion, we experience this body sacrament in which we are literally fed. We go from physically weary to filled and fueled. When you are weary in your body, think about how it feels to be resurrected and refueled through nourishing food. Through this sacrament of communion, we are invited to care for ourselves and refuel ourselves as a part of our worship of God. And when you are weary in your soul, what does it feel like to be resurrected and refueled through a long meal with a friend? Through this sacrament, we are reminded of the importance of literally sitting down and eating with one another and the ways in which doing so resurrects our own souls and relationships. Now, the second thing that I want to bring to your attention about communion as it relates to resurrection is this. The communion sacrament forces us into this liminal space. There's mystery in this sacrament at this table. And if we allow it to permeate our being, we realize that we are feasting not only on simple bread and juice that we might get from the corner store, not that there's anything wrong with that bread and juice, but in this, in this moment, in this sacrament, we're feasting on God's own sacrament, on the elements that Christ has blessed us to partake in, to remember that night in the upper room. So this table is one in which Christ draws so close to us as to dine with us. It's a table in which the space between the living and the dead, the concrete and the mystical, the here and now and the eternity, this space in which they all mingle together in a way that invites us into the great mystery of what it is to be created, beloved, and alive. So on communion Sunday mornings at Nahant Village Church, soak in that mystery of liminal space full of resurrection energy. So friends, this table that you find at the front of our sanctuary is a table that says that no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you're welcome to feast on that which nourishes and sustains you. You're welcome to drink of the cup and remember that Christ has always been with you and always will be in covenant. You are invited to feast on life and to remember salvation. This is a table where God lifts our lowly selves out of the depths, pulls out a chair, and says, Come, beloved one, this seat is for you. It's a table that's flat and large and stretches out so that everyone can have a seat around it. It's not a table of exclusion, but a table of radical welcome. Because that is how Christ likes to dine. Likes to dine with sinners and saints, with all those who no one else would sit at the lunch table with. So whether you are baptized or not, whether you're a member of this church or any church or not, whether you have confessed a Christian faith or not, on communion Sunday mornings at the Nahant Village Church, I hope you know that this table of eternal life, this meal of resurrection is here for you. Amen.